Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis. And know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to part one of my two-part birthday celebration episode here on the podcast. I'm turning 50 the weekend of April 22nd. And I'm dropping this episode early so that you can be a part of the celebrating that is going on. First, before we get to what the episode's about, I want to let you know that if you are interested at all in any of my coaching services right now for my birthday weekend until midnight on Sunday, April 23rd, all coaching services are 25% off with code BIRTHDAY. Use that link in the show notes, get yourself there, and if you are interested or you've been waiting to take, take that leap, this is your sign to do it. Only until Sunday the 23rd at midnight, so if you're listening to this after, you missed out on that deal, but hey, let's still talk if you're interested. On to the episode, though. I have five very special returning guests. I reached out to them, and I said, hey, I want you to be a part of my birthday celebration. This is what I would like to do. The only thing I asked of them was, come up with your Fat Guy 5 for me. So we're turning the tables this episode. I'm getting interviewed by five different people. I hope you will enjoy it. There's something different and fun in each one of them. Some of the questions get really deep. Some of the questions are just a great laugh. So I hope you will have as much fun listening as I did recording this episode. Let's get on to that first guest. So here we go. It's time to to bring on one of the past guests. He has been on the episode on the episode. He's been on the show a few times, but I am excited to bring him back and have him in a different seat this time. It's it's Chance. You all know who Chance is, but make sure you check out the show notes. That's where his past episode links will be. Chance, how you doing? I'm doing great, Gormy. How are you? I mean, obviously, I, I kind of know we do talk on the on the regular, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing great, and I'm glad to be back. I think this will be my fourth. I think so. Time, something think, like that. I think four. But I think four, yeah. Yeah. So Chance and I are going to get into it, and as I mentioned somewhere else in this episode, I'm sure Chance and I are going to check in on how he's doing in the Patreon after show. So we will save that part for there. You know, we may talk about some stuff obviously as we go through this, but we're going to do some more checking in on the Patreon, but okay, Chance, I'm going to, you know, you get, it's, it's time for your fat guy five of me. Let, let's okay. get into it. Yeah. Um, I wrote down, you know, a, a few 
light, light-hearted ones and then a, a couple serious ones because it's not very often that uh, I get the chance to pick someone else's brain. So I, I'm going to start out with with a with a light one off off the top. Um, favorite go-to fat guy meal. Uh well, uh, there there's an irony to calling this a light one. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, true, true. It's funny because this is always a question that I think about too in terms of bringing bring in. I had it in the Fat Guy Five for a while, and it, I never really got interesting answers. And I don't know if it was the guys or just they were on the spot or what it was. But um, I was actually thinking. It's funny you read my mind. I was thinking about this question the other day. For me, I my my favorite Fat Guy meal is in some ways a trifecta of of situations but it's all happening at once and what my favorite thing to, to do used to be was i would go to my favorite pizza place uh which was like half a mile from my house if that and they used to sell giant slices all different kinds and i would like load up on pizza slices then before i would get home i would then be able to stop at mcdonald's and at McDonald's was where I wanted to get Big Macs and French fries because those were, you know, two of the things that I felt they did best. So I would get Big Macs and French fries and probably would get some apple pies right across the street from the McDonald's was a Burger King. So now at this point, I have a pizza box, a McDonald's bag, and I'd zoom, zoom across the street to Burger King because Burger King had the original chicken sandwiches, which was an addiction of mine for sure. And onion rings. And if you're having french fries, you got to have onion rings. So I'd hit that. Then I would head home with that food. And probably at home, I already had some ice cream in the fridge, the freezer, some cheesecake around, something along those lines. But it was always about, do I have the perfect pepperoni slice? Do I have the Big Macs with the extra Mac sauce and no pickles? And do I have the original chicken sandwiches with extra mayo? And that was the the go-to for me like that was a good that was a good time if i was hitting all those places at once see and 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 i was i was guessing on the pepperoni pizza like I, that was something to me that i'm like oh I, I know he'd have that um wasn't thinking the mcdonald's but or or the original chickens but the original chickens i'd i'd still i'd still well, probably like six of them because they are so good. <laughs> I have like this incredible, like for me, the, the, and it's funny because people think about the original chicken and it's just, it's a crappy chicken patty on a bun with lettuce and mayonnaise. And it's ganked shredded lettuce that's like not fresh or anything along those lines. But I have such childhood memories linked to that sandwich, spe that specific sandwich. More specifically, when they would do, when they would add some international flair to Burger King. And they would have the French one, which was, would be Swiss cheese and ham, I think, on top of it. Or, but it was the Italian that I loved. The Italian was this crappy tomato sauce that was really more like tomato paste and mozzarella cheese. And I just have incredible sense memories of, one, they would slice it on an angle when they would first do this. So you had this wax paper wrapped chicken sandwich sliced on an angle and... The funny thing is, like, so my grandmother, every year on our birthdays when we were kids, would let us pick where we got to go to lunch. Then we would go to a toy store and get to pick out one toy that was under $20. Like, that was, the you know, your day. And 
she'd always bring like my sister or some of my cousins or things along those lines. And when it was my turn, I always wanted to go to Burger King and get the Italian chicken sandwich and onion rings. Like, and I think that started that relationship with me. And they're always, those Italian chicken sandwiches are so cheap. They were, when I was younger, they were always like two for three bucks, two for two bucks. Like now I'm sure who knows what they cost now, probably six bucks each, but that started for me way back then. About a month. I think about a month ago, I, I seen them up here in Canada. They were like two for seven. See, so yeah, they're yeah, they're, 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 it was it was tempting not not to get by. It's funny that you mentioned your, your your grandma like that because like my fondest, like not, I guess not fondest memory, but a similar memory like that was um, going to Arby's with my grandpa. Mm. He would always get the, the 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 coupons would come in the mail. Oh yeah, and it was like two can dine for ten ninety nine. Mm. So he would get a two can dine. I would get a two can dine, and then we'd like combine the other coupons on like more curly fries or mm-hmm. another sandwich or whatever, and we just sit down and devour as much toxic roast beef as possible. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> well, we all build yeah. those. You know, we have those 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 things run deep. They run deep in our families, for sure. Definitely. Okay, and then I'm going to do another um, kind of light, light-hearted one. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily light by pounds. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a two-parter. Reese's or Oreo, Chicago style or New York style? Oh, this one's easy for me. It's Reese's and New York style. Like, okay. Reese's rules okay. all in the sweet area yes. for me. Yes. Even I'm not even like, I would put, you know... I, we Poro's going to hear this, I'm sure, and yep. he's going to put the peanut butter Oreo up there as his favorite. But I don't even. I would take a Reese's cup over a peanut butter Oreo. I I take a Reese's cup over. Like <clears throat> we're in Reese's egg season right now, so it is. I'm I'm avoiding a lot of stores because this is the time of year where the perfect Reese's is out there. You know, it's that they pump up the peanut butter. You know, and I, now I feel bad for people listening who are going to be like 100%. I got to put a trigger warning on this segment. Um, <laughs> you, but, do. you know, <laughs> Reese's and I'm just, I deep dish pizza, it's it's okay. It's good. You get, the, you get the real stuff. It's good. But thin, greasy cheese and pepperoni, New York style, 100% all the way. I, I feel there's a place in my life for both of those types of pizzas. Obviously, I, I, I assume you'd, you'd feel that way too. Well, you're I've a never, giver. you're a giver. You're a giver, so you're you're yes. open to all. Yes, very much. I've never actually had like real Chicago deep dish, but I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. And one day before my life is done, I'm going to have it because it looks fantastic. I've had like replicas of it or what was supposed to be it, but it's it's definitely not what I see online, so mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to have to put that down as one of my goals for this year. It's a bucket list item for you. Yeah, there, there <laughs> we go. Alright, um, I'm going to go, I guess, to a serious one now. Oh, here we go, number three. Yeah, number three. At what age did you realize you had a problem with obesity? Mm. Like, like, how old were you? Were you a kid? Teenager? Not until you were an adult? Well, it's, it's funny because like, I think, I, I think my family made that decision before I did. Um, 
you know, for those people that are that are know my story well, and there may be a lot of people listening who haven't heard some of those early episodes. Um, you know, I was put on my first diet at ten, but it wasn't a choice of mine. Like it was in no way me like having like a, a come to Jesus moment and being like, please help me or anything along those lines. Like that was when it was, you know, it was brought to my attention that I should be concerned, but right. it still wasn't even something that I think I was that concerned about. Like, especially I look at all those kind of early diet efforts on my part. It was always family driven and often monetarily driven to get me to actually do it. And it, it wasn't, uh, like, I'll be honest, like for me, I didn't really have that moment of like, okay, I really need to do something probably till I was like, let me do, let, let's do, let me do some math. I was probably in my late twenties. Like it was probably the first time I was getting close to 500 that I was like starting to see, okay, it's, it's, it's not as easy to get around anymore. Clearly I'm developing some health issues. Like these things are coming along, but even then it was never like, I don't even know how to describe this. Like it was never like I hated being the big guy. Like it, that was never something that was never was ever in my mind. It was more, okay, these other things are developing. So I should do something about this. Like, honestly, like in terms of like the mental side of it, like I don't even think it was, it probably wasn't even until when I started keto in 2017 that I actually had my head in line with, okay, we need to do this. Because even when I lost the weight in the early 2010s, Again, it was driven by, I felt like I was having trouble finding work and my mobility was so poor that getting, you know, getting, even walking into offices for interviews was getting hard. So it was driven by, I need money, but really it was, I need, if I don't have money, I'm not going to have food and a place to live. It wasn't, I need to do this to like, this is, my life is being wasted on this, or I'm, I've allowed myself to become so consumed by my addiction that it's affecting things like I didn't care about the effects. Like I honestly, like, and I know that might sound flippant to some people, but really it wasn't until I probably 20, 2016 into 2017. Cause I flirted a little bit with keto in 2016, like probably did like two months and fell right off and got worse and all and those things as, as we often do. But I, I don't think it was really until, you know, probably, December, January, you know, December 2016, January of 2017, that I sat down and said, this is something that is not just a part of my life, but something that is a problem, which I know probably, again, you know, how do you how do you be over 500 pounds and not, you know, wake up every day screaming like that was never that was never me. Like I was frustrated by things in my life, but never enough to say this is the thing I need to change. Yeah, and, and I, I definitely agree with you on that because I, I hear some people like, oh, I, I, I knew I had a weight problem my whole life. But like like you said, a lot of it was you knew because people told you. But when you're, I, I believe when you're 10, 11, 12, you know because people told you, but you don't know yourself well enough at that point in your life to know what your problems are or who you even are as, as, as a person or what you don't have the mental brain capacity yet to, to realize these things. Right. Oh yeah. And, 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 I, don't, and I don't think we, we develop that until we've had some more life experience. Like I, I know I was the same way. Like my grandmother, 
after after my grandma would take me to Arby's, my grandmother would make me drink like this fiber drink for mm. me to like have diarrhea so I get rid of every bad thing I did that day, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was just like, oh, there's Chance. He's the big kid, and even through high school and, and your and your early twenties, you're just the big guy. Mm-hmm. That, that's just who you are, and you don't realize that it's a problem mm-hmm. until it becomes an actual problem. And I think I think you could probably relate to this, like in a lot of ways, like when especially when you grow up bigger. And you maybe you deal with some bullying and some some kind of knocks on you for stuff like that as you're growing up, or even family attitudes. Like, in some levels, like I pushed back against it, and it became my identity. Like, it was oh, I was make, you know I'm making the joke before anyone else could. You know I was 100, you know hundred percent. Like I I 100%. and it, it becomes so ingrained. And then when you try to you, you think about changing it, it's like you don't know who you are without it. And, you know, I think that was a big thing that happened to me, you know, 10 years ago, 12 years ago was not knowing what was my identity had been so built around my eating and my size and and all of those things that finding who I was without it was, was scary and hard, really hard. Yep. I, (laughs) welcome to the last year of my life. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there without, uh, and I've been, I mean, this is probably perfect for the after show, but trying to wrap my head around the, the last year and everything. Yeah. And that, that is a key point in, in, in a lot of what happened over the last year. But, um, on to the next question, okay. I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, at your heaviest. Using one word, describe your life. Limited. That's a good word. Limited. (laughs) That's a really good word. I mean, how many times have I said on the show and on social media, like, the bigger bigger you get, the smaller your world gets. And, you know, when you can barely stand for five minutes, when you can barely walk 50 feet without having to rest. Like you're not doing a lot of things. You're not going a lot of places. You're not saying yes to things. You're saying no. no. And you've got great reasons. You know, when someone's begging for you to do something and you've got a great reason, you know, we're great at creating those excuses, creating those stories. Like, but it was limited, you know, and I think on the other side, I would say like it was, there was, uh, it was a limited life with no limits, you know, no limits on, fulfilling food whims and eating and all of that side of it, or even drinking, like there were, there were no limits aside from how far I could walk or what I could fit into, you know, and you know, I'm sure you know this really well. Like you get to a point where the only car you're comfortable getting in is your own because you're not sure you're going to fit in someone else's or if the seatbelt's going to work or are you going to be able to get into a, you know, fit in a chair or sit in a chair or sit or even, you know, at some points, even like food gets restricted because, you know, and this was one of the things I always reflect on, like, you know, I was probably one of the first people out there ordering my groceries online. And when I would do it, people would think it was funny and weird. And of course, now every person does it without batting an eye, but I couldn't walk the grocery store. So I'd gotten to a point where I was too big to walk the grocery store, but I still, the food was still most important. 
So I was getting food, you know, grocery deliveries twice a week. Like you find ways to adapt, to not put limits on some areas, but accept and become comfortable with the limits in others. No, I, I, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of fascinating to think anyone that's been remotely obese, or, and, and especially those that have been our size, the constant thoughts that go through our head on, on our limits. Like, 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 like you said, will I be able to sit in that car? Does all my friends invited me out for somebody's birthday supper? Is it going to be a table or a booth? Do I have to pull up a, a chair to the booth? Will the chair be big enough to hold me? And, and just like that constant, like, oh, these are all the limits. These are all the limits. These are all the limits. I'm limited to, to so much in my life. And that's a constant through your head. And it's just like, when, when, when you hear other people talk about it, how much it just like rings true for how, how your life used to be. It just kind of, just a little mind blowing yeah. moment, I suppose. Well, and it's, it, and again, I say this a lot, like it goes back to that idea of how incredibly adaptive our brains are, because these are things that we, you know, it took up so much mental space and I wasn't conscious of how much mental space it was taking up. Like if I were to sit down and say, how much, how much time do I spend thinking about, thinking about food, access to food and moving my body through this world? I, I, at that point, I wouldn't have said, oh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's 95% of my brain energy. But when you come through it, it's like realizing how much other space you have, you, you gain in your consciousness when those aren't things that you're thinking about constantly. Oh, I, I, absolutely. And I, I guess moving on mm -hmm. to the last question. Final one. I want to ask, the final one. And, and, I, and I want to leave these questions on, on a positive note here because the last two were kind of deep but mm -hmm. for, for, for a reason. Um, but looking back on the last 50 years of your life, what are you thankful for the most? Mm. Now, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I think obviously the easy answers are, are family and friends that have been a part of my life for all of that time. Um, but I think when I look deeper on it, it's the fact that as much as I tried, as much as I tried to, I never gave up on myself. You know, as much as I was the active saboteur in most of my life, I never got to a point where I 100% said, I, I'm not worth trying. I'm not worth fighting for anymore. Yes. And I, I think that is probably the thing I'm most grateful for when I'm sitting here today. Yes. And, and, and I'm loving that answer because I had more than five questions written and I was just picking whichever ones kind of struck me the most here. Mm -hmm. and, and, and another question was what kept you from not giving up? Because I know you, you haven't. Because if you have, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm damn thankful that you never let it come to that point. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. And obviously, you know, I appreciate you like, and I, it, and it's funny cause I feel like I could go on for 20 minutes with the answer just to that question because yeah. 
at diff- it was it's been different things at different points. And honestly, there probably were points where my relationship with food and my food addiction were the only thing that got me up in the morning. You know, the only reason I got out of bed and went to work was because I needed to do that to get food. Like, See, so I think in some that, ways that goes to dark places. Like, go ahead. Yeah, it kind of does. But like, again, it's just, that's a really fascinating answer. Like, and, 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 and I guess when you think of it in terms of other addictions, and I've watched lots of shows on other addictions and studied addiction and whatnot, um, you, you hear a lot of people that, that deal with, like, even drug addiction say, well, the reason I'm still here and the reason I get up every day and don't end my life or this, that, or whatever is so I can feed my addiction. And no matter how dark that is, I, I, I believe that, that it shows there is a light in somebody, even mm-hmm. though they are in a dark place, and that they, they have that same power to wake up every day to fight to feed their addiction, that shows a tremendous strength that they have that same power in them to change and heal their addiction. Mm. No, 100%. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Well, that takes us through the five questions, man. It does. Uh, Yeah. And I'm very happy I got to ask them and be a part of this. Well, I I appreciate you being here. And, you know, we could probably go on for another hour. But this is yeah. not going to be a 17-hour episode. So I just want to say a huge thank you for putting thought into this and showing care and being willing to be a part of this episode, which really, at the end of the day, is, you know, while we're talking about some things that are challenging and dark, really, in the end, for me, is about celebrating the fact that, you know, it's my 50th year and I'm still here. Yes, and I am thankful for that. And just really, like I said, thankful and honored to be part of this. I mean, your your story has been inspired me, and in many ways, there's there's so many sim- similarities, uh, especially in I don't know, I just in in, in more recent years. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very very thankful for the knowledge you you bring to uh, the weight loss community. Well, thank you, man. I truly appreciate that. My talk with Chance is not ending here. So if you are on the Patreon, you know there's going to be the supersized episode of the Patreon After Show where we will continue it. So thanks, thank you once again, Chance. I really appreciate you being a part of this today. Let's head on out. Okay. So this person, I reached out to you to, to ask if they would be willing to do to turn the tables on me. And to be honest with you, they're pretty much an experienced interviewer. So of everyone who's on here, you know, they probably have the most experience when it comes to asking people questions. So we'll see how this goes. It is Anthony D. Domenico. Anthony, how are you doing? What's going on, Gormy? Not much, man. Not much. I'm glad we're talking. I'm excited to have you on here again. This is your 18th or 19th appearance on the podcast. So Yeah, man. Happy 50th, too. Thank man. That's you. Awesome. Thank you. 50 years old. Yeah. Let's not, you know. I'm, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're recording this pre the day, so I'm holding on to every every last bit of sand in the hourglass that I can until it. Yeah, so but, you know, I, I always think of, like, you know, I dreaded turning 40, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to be 44 this, this August, and, like, I'm loving my 40s. Like, it's better, so much better than my 30s. I got to imagine that that's what this is going to be like for you. 
Well, I, I enjoy you flexing on me there being like, I'm only 44. So, well, no. you know, that was nice. That was, that was subtle. <laughs> not that was not yet. Four subtle. months. I guess I got four months. Oh, that's, see, see, you're holding on too, man. But no, I appreciate it, man. It'll, it'll be awesome. You know, just, I'm just, I, I said this in one of the other talks. I'm, I'm just glad to be here. You know, I'm just glad to be here. Yes, so, that, that's key. Yeah. But the, enough of, of me leading the discussion, man. Let, let's, let me turn it over to you for your, your fat guy five for me. All right, man. This is, this is a great idea that you had too. Um, you know, this way you don't have to do anything for the podcast. Just sit back and let people do all the work. Awesome, awesome job. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Pretty much the birthday gift to myself. I don't yeah. have to think of the questions. I'm going to do this now on my podcast. We're like, hey, listen, just ask me the questions, and uh, we'll do it that way. But no, I like it. seriously, this is a. I'm very honored that you asked me to do this. Um, you know, this is a question I wanted to ask you because I ask myself this sometimes, and many of my guests too. Like, what keeps you going? when things aren't going the way you planned or you don't even feel that motivation anymore? What, what keeps Gormy going? Mm. Well, it's funny because I feel like I could get, you know, there's like, is there like the deep, deep question, you know, there's like the deep philosophical, like I know my purpose on the planet and I, I found my why. And, <laughs> you know, and, and some days that's it. Like, of course, you know, it's like that whole kind of guiding motivation, but more, I feel like, um, I've come to a point in my life, and, and maybe this is a part of being 50, like there are things you need to do versus things that you want to do. And I get that. Yep. I, I, I wake up every day and I think about, regardless of how I feel about either where it's where the scale's at or you know how my progress in the gym is or just even how I'm feeling about life in general or what, what garbage heap has been dumped on me, you know, that week, you know, by the wonders of life, like. It's like, okay, there are still things I need to do every day. And these are the things that, you know, are important. And I think it, it comes down to sometimes getting really microscopic with it. Because I think, especially sometimes when the big picture is overwhelming, it's easier to focus on, okay, that the big picture feels like a boulder that I'm trying to push out of the way. But there are these little rocks in front of that boulder that if I clear those out of the way, it's going to be easier to push. So I, I think of those non-negotiables that, that are a part of my life every day. And you, you sit down and, and I, I talk about this with clients a lot, like especially clients that have children, because I, I have several clients that have small children. And when I'm talking to them about, you know, what are the things you need to be doing right now that you're not doing? Excuse me. And then, you know, the reasoning behind not doing them can, you know, on their end and on my end can be, well, I don't want to do it. And I don't want to, I don't want to. And I'm like, what do you do when a kid says that? You, you know, you, you don't as you're not indelicate about it with them. You're like, you don't tell them to shut no. up and just do it. But basically that's what you do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's that plate being in that place of self parenting, that place of saying, okay, do I want to do this today? No. You know, this morning, Saturday morning, woke up, my alarm went off. Um, was like, I, I think Saturdays I sleep until five. Um, and I'm like, in the okay. morning? Yeah, yeah, in the morning. Um, oh, I think like, I'm because I sleep yeah. like till like twelve in the afternoon yeah. on Saturdays. <laughs> well, for me, <laughs> five o'clock. Sometimes you know, some days I'll sleep. I might sleep into seven if I have a, a wow. rest day. But um, five o'clock alarm goes off, and I'm literally lying in bed like I just really don't feel like going to work out right now. I don't feel like doing this. And it, it's then you know by that point, as I'm repeating that to myself, I'm in the bathroom getting ready, and I'm loading up stuff for the car, and I'm on the way out the door because I know I need to do it. And 
I can have all the not want in the world piled up, but as long as I'm still doing the things that I need to, I feel like that moves me forward. I totally get where you're coming from with that, especially with the getting older part and like things that you have to do. I mean, it, it's crazy. Like in my twenties, my body just worked a different way and I was always heavy, always heavy. And it just worked a lot better and everything worked and moved and didn't creak and crack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting older, you know, even like I, when I had, when I went to the hospital for my gallbladder attack and my acid reflux, one of the things they told me to do was just walk every day because it actually helps your, your gut health, which mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, so exercise is good for you? Oh, okay, I guess mm -hmm. I'll do that. <laughs> but it's right. It's just things you have to do. It's mm -hmm. amazing. And I think it also like, you know, as you get older and you're starting to realize you know, this is, this is where we get morbid for a second, but there's no time promised to us, you know, on the planet, but there are things that if you do them every day, they, they help you even the odds. And so I look at it that way for sure. All right. So it's definitely, uh, you know, a little of both, a little of the, um, finding my why and straight to the point. That's, that's exactly the kind of answer I was looking for. Um, now, you, you moved to California a couple of years ago. Do you think now this move has helped you on this journey, or has it made it more difficult in any way? That's a good question. Um, I, I, I think on some levels it's made it more challenging um, just because it's easier, not necessarily because of the location where I'm at or anything along those lines, but more the life circumstances that brought me here was enough of that, like, why is this happening? You know, what's happening to the world? What's happening to me personally? Okay, this isn't where I thought things were, you know, all of that, like, negativity is really, you know, hard to come back, you know, come back out of like being in that place of this is not where I saw my life five years ago. This is not where I saw my life six years ago. Um, but I also think on some levels, it also um, has opened other doors that that weren't open to me before. So, you know, I see it as there's positives and negatives. But I, I think, it's definitely about how you come through the upheaval. And it's it's also not about how did year one go? How did year two go? It's more about where am I at today? Like, am I doing the things to, that I need to be doing today? And is that okay? Like, being okay with that. Does that make any sense? Like, Absolutely. I mean, because you know what it is? A lot of people, they get in their head. Like, you know, you always hear it. Uh, I'm going to move. Uh, new start. Clean slate. No one knows me. Uh, I can do a whole, I can start a whole new life. But... It's not that simple. Like you said, there's, there's things that one are uh, contributing to the move and other things, you know, especially the time that you did it, where it's not as cut and dry as, yes, uh, clean state, start over, let's go. Well, and it, it, it also wasn't, you know, while I was excited for the opportunity to move here and, and live with my sister, and that's been amazing, um, you know, when it, one of the incredible positive sides of it is, is that connection being there. It wasn't like I moved because I had this amazing job opportunity or something along those lines where I was like, this is like, I'm making this move because this is, this feels like 100% the right direction. You know, in a lot of ways it was, you know, reaching out into the dark and just being like, I don't know my way through the situation that I was in before I moved, you know, what I was dealing with losing where I was living and having lost my career and all of those things. Like it was in a lot of ways, like a lot of chaos to get through. And so I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm wading through it, but I definitely don't feel like I'm out on the other side of it yet. Okay. Very honest answer to that. Because, you know, like I said before, people always like, yes, clean slate, new me. Let's, you know, hashtag, you know, start over. But, you know, like you said, it was, it was not the ideal situation. Um, I think people also, I mean, they don't forget, but they do forget 
you know, we were in a crazy place a few years ago. It was, you know, things were not normal. Um, like I said, you lost your career, people losing jobs, things were shut down. Um, so this was, like I said, not a move that was done out of convenience as far as like, okay, I'm packing up and going because I want a new change of scenery. I mean, life was just not normal at the time and mm -hmm. was in an upheaval. No, 100%. All right. Um, so, uh, last few years, uh, have you ever thought about trying another program other than keto, or has it always been just keto for you? Um, it it's always just been keto. Like, you know, I th I think for me, like it's it's where I know what what I know my body responds best to, you know, and any challenges that I face when it comes to like not being keto or putting some weight back on or things along those lines for me always come from a mental place, not from a place of the program I'm following. Like if I had lost my weight using Weight Watchers, say, or, you know, another tool or Jenny Craig or whatever, you know, even just paleo, back to paleo, like it's never in the end, you know, it is, it is, you know, my heart is in keto because I know the benefits that it's given my body, the things that it's helped heal, the way I feel, you know, all of those, those different facets of it, the energy, like, it just, it brings me so many things beyond just helping me with caloric restriction, uh, which is about, you know, weight loss in general is all about caloric restriction, but how you get there, you know, is, is very individual. But for me, it's, it's where the, everything starts to fall in line the best function wise. So the missteps with it never have anything to do with, I couldn't sustain this, or I didn't like the food or I was bored or anything along those lines. It's been more about me being in my head, if that makes sense. Oh, so 100%. I don't, because, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the opposite of that. Like, I I tried so many different things in these last few years because I was not willing to deal with it being in my head. I'm mm -hmm. like, no, no, it's WW, and it's this, and I'll do this, and I'll try that. But nothing worked because I, I had to, like, you know, have a kind of conversation with myself. And I'm like, no, no, we got to slow down, and we got to deal with what's going on in your head and, you know, the emotions that you're feeling. And for me, like, that's, that's what WW is for me. It's a program I respond to the best. Um, that makes my body feel the best when I do mm -hmm. it. So I totally get your answer, what you mean by that. Um, and it's true. A lot of times we try other things because we're running from the real issue. Yeah. And I think like that's, you know, I, and I, I actually wrote, wrote a blog, um, last week, you know, about that, that search for the magic pill that everyone's on, you know, is, and a big part of that, that writing was about when people see flashy new trends pop up online. And they're like, oh, this must be the thing I should try or this supplement or this person selling fat burners now. And they're saying that they're going to change my life, even though you look at that person's story and you see they, the fat burners didn't exist when they were losing their weight and we're not a part of it at all. Or, you know, they're telling you to follow this program and there, but that's not what they use, you know, pieces along those lines. Like, I think we look, you know, as human beings, we have that instinct of let me just find that magic button that I'm going to press and that's going to make everything perfect. And it's, you know, this, and it, you know, most of the people listening probably know this, like it's a much, you know, it's a much dirtier swamp to wade through. It's a much murkier place to actually realize that sometimes it is about, sometimes it's about the food. Sometimes it's about your head. Sometimes it's about your emotions. Sometimes it's about what's going on with your body. Like it's never just one thing. And so I, I think it's, you know, it is about finding what you can do consistently and what makes you feel the best consistently, but also being willing to acknowledge that at the end of the day, it's, it's not about, and I, and I said this in another interview recently too, like at the end of the day, it's never been about what's on my plate in terms of, of the challenges and struggles that I face. Like have, 
has finding keto given me some some physical relief from some of the symptoms you know some of the you know the physical cravings and things along those lines and foods that I can't control as a food addict that you know I shouldn't be putting on my plate in the first place and you know we could also go down a rabbit hole of are those things actually foods to begin with or are they just fun <laughs> fun wrapped yeah. up and called food you know like there's there's always that that debate of is there a you know are there good foods or bad foods and I'm like well I don't necessarily think there's good foods or bad foods I just think there are some things that aren't food and we use them yes. as food. Like, you know, we, we like to pretend, you know, it's, it's that, it's the joke meme, you know, it's we're in April. So Easter was recent, was a couple of weeks ago in terms of when people are hearing this. And there is, there's the joke meme about the, the amount of protein in a Reese's egg, like, okay, great. Like, yeah, there's some protein in the Reese's egg and there's some carbs and some fat and, but it's wrapped up in this package that has zero to do with nourishment. So that's a WW thing. They they'll they'll uh, they'll try to spin it any way they can. Mm -hmm. They'll give you all the breakdowns. Oh, there's this much protein, this many carbs, and you know blah blah. blah. But no, I mean if you look at the package and you read the ingredients, you can't pronounce any of them. <laughs> it's not food. Well, well, I mean, I look back and when I did, you know, the the, I mean, how many times I did Weight Watchers? Probably four times. And this is so back in the old school days, you know where there was nothing fancy figuring it out for you. You had to do all the math yourself. Yes, um, the, the, the slider. And so I figured, you know, I when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I figured out how I could eat chicken breast and Reese's peanut butter cups and still hit my points. Like, you know, <laughs> was I was was that sustainable for me? Did I feel good when I was no. doing you know, like no, but I just I so much enjoyed being able to have that Reese's peanut butter cup that that allowed me to kind of keep pushing in that moment. But was it is there is there a difference between, you know, 40 grams of carbs from a Reese's peanut butter cup and 40 grams of carbs from a really healthy salad. Yes, there is like there just is in terms of what you give your body, but that's going to be the name of my, um, my, my next stand up album is going to be chicken breast and peanut butter cups. It's a, it, it, I mean, it is well, and, and don't even get me started on the people out there right now that would tell, you know, there's, you know, these, this level of, of health and fitness influencers out there who have literally never dealt with, you know, a food challenge in their lives. And, they're telling you, you know, I'm going to show you a way to lose weight with no restriction and no, you know, you don't have to give up your favorite things and you don't have to do all of this. And how, how attractive is that? Like when someone says that, like when someone says, you know, and, and here's where I'm going to get a little catty, but like I, there's, there are some individuals out there who are saying that, but then they used other tools to lose their weight. Yes. You know, a hundred percent. And you know, and is it, are there people, you know, and I'm, I'm not just throwing shade at, at the surgery community at all. Like, but there are individuals who have had weight loss surgery and will say, you don't have to restrict your food. And it's like, well, you, you used a major restriction. And the, and, and the reason I bring, you know, I, I'm not just targeting them. I say that because there are people that use the ketogenic diet to lose all of their weight and help them repair their relationship with food. And now say you don't have to you don't have to think about carbs. You can do what you can eat all the food you want as long as you you know hit your calories right. And I'm like, well, you, that's great, but you didn't do that. No, you tried that and it didn't work for you. <laughs> but now you're telling people that you can do it after you did all this all these years of work. Like they're forgetting about that. They're yeah, and that's the crazy world. The journey that they already media. came on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's people do clickbait and they think they can come on stream, eat carbs, eat pizza, lose weight. Like, you know, here we go. And, you know, and people, they respond to that. But the truth is, you know, like with anything in life, if you want to hit any kind of goal, whether it be weight loss, 
job, um, anything, it requires discipline. You got to sacrifice some things and hard work. I mean, there's no other, and you can put that in any tool or plan that you do. Those are the three things you can't not do. I mean, that's just really, from my mind, that's how I look at it is, yeah, you know, you can't eat pizza every day and lose weight. I'm sorry. It's not part of a healthy diet. It's not. But I don't care what these guys, they come with their abs and their oiled up, you know, bodies. And they're like, hey, I do this every day. I eat pizza. I eat hamburgers and pancakes for breakfast. You can do it too. It's not responsible. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just, just clickbait. And that's... And the real through line for me is part of that discipline and work is finding the finding the tool and the plan that's going to work for you and being okay with it. And if does that mean, you know, because I, I don't like, I'm not, you know, there's this perception of like people in the keto space that all they do is say it's all, it's the carbs that made you fat. And it's like, well, no, it was the amount of calories that I ate that made me fat, but it's my relationship with those foods. And it's also how my body reacts to those foods now that makes losing that fat better for me to eat this way. Like, you know, so at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, and, and I think that's the other, you know, I could rant on social media for, you know, the problems, <laughs> is, and I've done it before on the show before, you know, but like when someone is like, they, carbs don't make you fat. It's like, well, okay. You know, we, rot, what, what was, I'm, I'm trying to find a, a fun sounding metaphor, you know, like, you know, deer, deer don't make your car not run. But if you if you smash into a, a deer on the highway at night, your car's not going to run. You know? Yeah, uh, like that's it's there's nuance, <laughs> and you have to be okay. And we don't want to be okay with gray areas. And I think you have to be okay with the gray areas. You have to be okay with saying, "Is this what I?" You know. And then also, you know, the flip side of that is, you know, is every way of eating has some restriction to it, but that restriction isn't punishment. You know, I find you know the other reason that that I, that I gravitate towards eating a ketogenic diet is because of the freedom that it gives me freedom from obsession, freedom from, you know, feeling constantly hungry. Like there's, I make these choices. So then are there times where I'm sitting here saying, okay, Easter Sunday's coming, you know, it would be great to have a basket full of Reese's eggs, but having that basket of Reese's eggs is not going to be a choice to not restrict. It's going to be a choice to put me in this hell for the next week after that. And, you know, it's, it's about being okay with the bigger picture for yourself and making the choices that you need to make for you and not worrying about what anyone else is doing. I, I agree with that hundred percent because again, it's your body is going to react differently than somebody else's. I know for myself, I choose not to do that because I don't want to get sick again. Um, you know, I have, I have a gallstone and I don't want, you know, I can avoid surgery for a little while and I will as long as I can. Um, my doctor told me just don't. Overeat, don't eat fatty foods, try to watch your saturated fat, you know, watch this. And yeah, I can be like, oh, I'm restricted. No, I'm just doing things to not make myself being in horrible pain where I have to go to the emergency room. That's how I look at it. That's where I'm, how I get okay with it. Well, and if a doctor told you you needed a medicine to live, you would take that medicine. Uh-huh. If eating, following an eating plan is going to allow you to live it's medicine. Like, you know, it may not be chemically medicine, whatever, but if you have to do that, you have to do that. Like, that's what you do. 100%. I totally agree with that. So, uh, we kind of touched on it at the beginning, but like, what does turning 50 really mean to you? Like, what, what does that number mean uh, at this point in your life, like, and how you got here? Well, I, I don't feel like I have like anything 
you know, it's not like I, cause I, I can sit there and I can get, you know, lost and overwhelmed in the whole, these are the things you're supposed to complete by the time you're 50. You know, I don't come at it from that perspective mm -hmm. because then I'll just, I'll lock myself in my room and cry. Um, <laughs> but, I, me the same yeah, <laughs> but I think, but I, I think, and I joked about this in the beginning, like I, I'm more excited that I'm getting there because I, for decades, didn't think I would. And I lived my life like I wouldn't. Like it wasn't just that I sat there and had that perspective of you have no future. I made choices based on not caring about there being a future. And I can say as I turned 50 that I care about every year that I have now. I care about every month that I have. I care about every day. And that's a completely different place to be in my life than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You know, and it's not just that I was young and foolish. It was that I was so wrapped up in other things and other, you know, addictions in my life and things along those lines that, you know, now I can see, you know, that regard, even if there are days where I don't know what it is, I feel like every life has a purpose and just having the opportunity to continue figuring out what that is, is something that I look forward to. Yeah, I mean, because I, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody should judge their life based on you're supposed to do this by a certain time. And I threw that out the window a long time ago. I mean, Lord knows I don't live my life that way. You know, I went into stand-up comedy and I devoted 13 years of my life into that and nothing else mattered. And, you know, I took a job because it was convenient for comedy. Everything I did was, that was based on that. So, yeah, I get that, like, you know. Because, you know, my early 20s, I tried to live that way. Like, okay, you're supposed to get married, have kids, you know, do the ha do all that stuff. And it was never my thing. It was never ha I was never happy doing that path. So, yeah, you answered actually perfectly because I, I kind of felt that way, like, going into 40. Um, was I never thought I'd see 40. And, yeah, you do appreciate it a lot more once you get there. And it's, like, here now. And you're like, no, I can make more of this. I can, there, there can be more. There can be a lot more. Um, so I think you got a great mindset and attitude going in towards it. Yeah. Look, cause looking at it towards like, you know, what the world expects, what society expects, that's not realistic. Not everybody's the same. Not everybody's going to be, you know, excited about being the vice president of the pencil sharpener company, you know, so you got to do what makes you happy. And, and that's, and it seems like you, you know, you're, you're living your life each day, doing the things to make you happy and, um, getting to the next day as well. Mm -hmm. 100%. And this, the last one's kind of like a fun question. Mm -hmm. A funny, you know, just a fun question. Uh, who has better hair, Jarps or me, and why is it me? Well, I mean, <laughs> because I would like to see where his hair is going to be in, in 20 years. <laughs> because, like... Like, like, like a fine wine or, you know, I don't drink booze, so I'll have to use a different metaphor. Like, like a well-aged cheese, your hair has distinguished character and presence and volume. Ain't going nowhere. And it's not, is you know, if, if you're turning 44 soon and it's not, your hairline isn't, you know, chasing the back of your neck, um, I think, I, I think you're ahead of that race, you know, he, when he hears this, he's probably, you know, not going to be happy with me. So thank no. goodness he's not going to hear this until, you know, after I next talk to him. But I, I think, I think, you know, the edge comes with it, with age and your, your, your hair has aged well. Um, 
I think his hair is doing great for where it's at right now. <laughs> I'd like to, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I've seen some people in his family, um, but we, we, there could be some things coming down the line in 20 years that, you know, which let's be honest, he'll wholeheartedly embrace like oh, good. I, 25 know, posts about it. Right. <laughs> it's not, it's not like, you know, he's not, he won't go, he will go full Lex Luthor. Um, yep. He'll but, do like memes of like stone cold right. and him like exactly. walking out. Yeah. So there's, be, uh, there's, there's a lot of material there for him. And so I will just be excited to see it when it comes. Yeah. I just, I had to ask that because, uh, you know, we always do a joke about that. Like, and, um, it's true though. Like, listen, I'm 44. The headline is still there. It's not going anywhere. It's all I got. Um, my my biggest uh, strength is is my hair. Hey, you gotta you gotta lean into your strengths. That's so, it. You know, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, that ends your questions. Yeah, those are the five okay. questions. Well, I I appreciate it, man. I really am excited that I was able to get you on for this. You know, you're you're a, a strong light in my life, and I Thanks, appreciate. You just being a part of this celebration and putting, you know, the thought into it that you did. And, you know, I'm not done talking to Anthony. So if you are a member, you know, you're going to hear this a lot during this episode. But, hey, we're going over to the we're going to the Patreon after show. We're going to catch up with Ant in terms of like how he's doing right now. And so if you want to hear that, make sure that you get signed up for that Patreon. OK, people. So, Anthony, just thank you so much for for being a part of this and, and bringing what you did to the people today. You know, I'm oh, excited. I'm excited for you to be a part of the celebration. You're welcome, man. Thank you for being a part of it. Very honored to be uh, one of the five included in this. I appreciate it. Okay, here we go, people. Back, back to me doing some interlude talking, which I'm sure is fascinating. Like, fascinating. Okay, everybody, it's time for me to be interviewed this time by... Alexander, Alejandro, Alex. I wasn't sure if I was introducing myself there. You left, you left me hanging. Uh, no, you're going to talk enough. I was just, I was just pausing to add some drama to making sure I got the first <laughs> name right. I wasn't sure if you wanted Alex, Alexander, or Alejandro. So, um, well, no. As uh, as uh, our friend Derek, David, Dimitri, Dominic, uh, I'm I'm poor ninety two. I'm not. Right. I'm not Alexander. I'm not Alex. I'm not Alejandro. How are we doing today, Mike? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited for us to talk. I'm appreciative of you being on the episode and being a part of this. And you may be the first person people are hearing. You may be the last. I'm not sure what order they're going to go in yet. So this is... Listen, this I, I am honored to be included because I know it's, it's, a, it's a short list. So this is a pretty special episode. You turn in 50. You, uh, you're looking more and more handsome as you age and uh <laughs> well, i'm gonna stop hitting on you now a fair amount of that was lies but um <laughs> i am turning 50 as as everyone now is is intimately you know not intimately like obsessively aware ooh. um ooh, intimate so as it, it has as it is this episode as everyone knows the setup uh, i'm gonna turn it over to you man and we'll we'll go from there okay Bring so uh we were all asked to have five very specific but different questions. And I had to kind of go off the grid a little bit because I'm pretty sure most questions were going to go along the lines of keto dishes or something with the keto lifestyle or, you know, what would you change or those type of questions. So I kind of went a little broader. So question number one for you, Mike. 
if you were going out for a special occasion, whether it be an anniversary of some sort, a birthday, I, I don't know, um, where would you go like as like a fine dining or doesn't it have to be fine dining, just like one of your favorite restaurants and has to be a non-keto meal? It could be courses. It could be just one dish. What would it be? Well, I mean, the easy answer, I think everyone would go to Chili's, right? I mean, like, I think that's that's the spot that everyone would go to. So I won't say that. Um, and, hmm, that's a good question. Um, this is going to, this will probably be stupid, but it's birthday related. Uh, okay. So last year for my birthday, we went to a steakhouse here in San Diego called Cowboy Star. And it is probably one of the best um, kind of steakhouse meals I've ever had in my life. Um, not just because of the steak. The steak was great. Every The accoutrements with it were great. Um, they have an amazing wedge salad, which I'm a, I'm a sucker for a wedge salad. But I'm a sucker for a banana dessert. Like mm. growing up, banana cream pie, obsession. Uh, once I found out that there was such a thing as flambéed bananas, obsession, you know, Creme brulee with bananas under the crack sugar, whatever. Even those uh, runts, banana candies. I like that. Um, I miss, uh, I'm old enough that Twinkies had a banana, banana-ish banana taste before, and they brought those back eventually. Um, so banana, almost anything, which is like antithetical to being keto because of all the fruits that you can have when you're low-carb, bananas are <laughs> that you stay away from because there's a lot of sugar in a banana. Um, you know, not that... A banana is ever going to kill anyone, but uh, 10 bananas, which I have eaten 10 bananas at once before, um, <laughs> might not be great. And, you know, and I'm saying that for the people listening who are like, you know, well, no one ever, no one ever OD'd on bananas. I'm like, I've come pretty damn close. Uh, there probably was, <laughs> there probably was Cool Whip involved um, as well. But now this, I'm sure there was a, I'm sure there was a picture too. I'm sure now, this sounds like it's going to a different place, but it's not. Um, they have this amazing banana dessert. It's like a, they call it like a deconstructed banana cream pie. So it's got like this banana custard and it's got brulee bananas and this like house made graham cracker nut crumble. Like it's phenomenal. Like, so if I had to pick a meal and the, and I, the reason I'm, I'm bringing it up mostly is because we wanted to go there again for my birthday this year and their reservations are full. So that's ridiculous. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that banana dessert that I still dream about this year on my birthday. Um, I mean, maybe if you got like a blue check next to your Instagram and like you went in, you're like, I'm this person. Maybe they would open up a reservation. They no, might. I, but no, I, I think, e I think even restaurants know now that everyone's paying for blue checks. So <laughs> I don't think they care. I'm pretty sure they don't care. Uh, so we don't, we don't care for blue checks as long as you pay your yeah, check. That's yeah. it. As long as long are you going to pay the bill? That's what we care about. But exactly. I, I also like, you know, and you said non-keto, so I put it out of my head, but like somewhere like Fogo de Chao, you know, Brazilian mm. steakhouse. Full send. You oh. can't beat that, you know, also because, and I think people get a conception that it's just like meats on skewers, which it is. No. It yeah. Is. But that, but there's like that an, appetizer bar. The appetizer bar is like, if you're like an antipasto marinated vegetable cheese person, Whatever you like, they have there, and and the, you know, the little the little breads with the cheese in the middle. Oh yeah, the but, Brazilian yeah. breads. Like there's just it is you know, and they literally tell you you know, you let us know when you want us to stop bringing you food. 
Like so, you, we could be there all night. It's not. It's not like those bastards at the Olive Garden who tell you they're selling you unlimited breadsticks and then throttle and you, cut you off the first basket. You know, yeah. tr- training their staff to throttle you. Like this place, if you forget to flip it over and you like zone out for a minute, like you end up with another pile of meat on your plate, and they're still putting more, and you're just like, I. You, then you can't even catch your breath and don't even know where you're at and what you're doing. Um, it's meat sweat city, but. Um, it's worth it. So it was a good now, time. The so funny thing time. is, like you said, for like an I, I don't know if I would do, take someone like an anniversary or or a date there necessarily because there's something a little more primal about eating at that place. But you know, a group of friends going out to celebrate something, you can't be foco to chow. But but I mean, listen, for guys like me and you, you kind of on that first date, you you kind of have to set that standard. Like, hey, we're gonna go to an all you can eat buffet, and you, I mean, you're gonna watch me work because this is the demon. <laughs> This well, is this is what you're getting yourself into. It's very it's very Mar- it's very Marge Simpson when Homer got thrown out of the seafood restaurant, <laughs> um, you know, on the witness stand crying. You know, it's it, there's there's a lot of that going on, for sure. What about oh, you? Oh, um, I'm I'm simple. I, I would say easily like Cheesecake Factory. I mean, I'm a I'm a sucker for that uh, that Cobb salad. It, it hits every everything. I mean, it's just obviously bacon, egg, blue cheese crumbles, which I'm a sucker for blue cheese. And then you get a big meal. Every everything there is our portion size. And then the hardest part is just choosing. I mean, you don't choose just one slice, but choosing which which uh, cheesecakes you want. And again, just like the just the uh, the portions. I think everyone listening, you know probably is aware of who you are as this is probably your fifth or sixth, if not seventh appearance on the, maybe even more on the show. They know you're going at the very least, you've got like a standing order for a slice of Oreo cheesecake that they get ready before you even order your food. So I'm sure it's, it's that. That's, and that I, plus. I would say that's like number three. I would oh, go, really? I would, I'm not sure which one is. I kind of have to look at the menu. I know there's two peanut butter ones. There's like Adams and then there's also like the actual Reese's one. I don't know which one's more. One of them's more chocolate cake. One of them's more mm. peanut butter. Mm-hmm. So I go the more peanut butter one, and then I would go like the uh, white chocolate raspberry truffle, and then the Oreo. So haha. Well, I'm just saying I'm, I'm full send on the banana cream one. That's yeah. Oh, I, well, I've bought a, I've, I've bought a whole one of those before. That is not cheap. When when it's I love it when it's like winter time and they bring back the uh, pumpkin one. That's mm. that's mine. But. But we could keep talking about cheesecake. Let's move on. Let's do it. All right. Question number two. This kind of, again with more food. Um, your favorite chef. It doesn't need to be like an Iron Chef, celebrity chef. It could be, uh, you know, somebody on Instagram or just like social. Um, favorite chef and their um, like main dish that they made. That's your favorite signature uh, dish. This is a hard one because like I used to be like hardcore like chef fanboy like mm-hmm. had my favorites <laughs> you know had the you know i i knew more about most most of the people on the food network than i did about you know people on playing on the red Sox. but yeah like Sports. right now it's like i think about like who my favorite chef is like it feels uh, i don't it's probably just, it, it could be yeah, like a no, meal let me, picked up yeah. this is gonna be this is you know ah uh, Cause I can think of like, you know, 
like I think Jamie Oliver is great. Emeril Lagasse is great. You know, even though he's canceled or whatever now. You know, Paula. Okay, let you know this is going to be contra- this will be controversial because she's controversial and kind of gone from the scene now. But the only the only dish that stands out to me, you know, when I think of of a chef is, um, I think about Paula Dean, and but she's not really. I guess people are going to get mad that I called her a chef, but her, no, I'll give her that credit. Her, her butter cake, that whatever whatever the full name of it is, it's like this pudding soaked butter soaked like in cake that you think is going to be dumb, like in too plain, and it's it's delicious. Like her. Or there's also, there's a guy whose name I can't remember that I almost started a blog cook, doing his entire cookbook. Because um, I was trying to find like a, a niche market on Twitter back in the day. Like we're talking like 20, 20 plus years ago. Um, I don't know. Like, oh, I mean, probably here's one. Um, there is a, a chef on Instagram. Um, her name is Terry Turner. She goes by, her handle is No Crumbs Left. And I've heard of her. Yeah. yeah, no, she I've met her in person. She's an incredible woman. And she just encourage pushes you to like try new things. And the my favorite dish of hers is her very simple marinated onions. Like she encourages you to keep them around and just put them on everything. And she is for she always has paleo variations of her recipes and we'll say, you know, if you want to make something keto, this is how you do that. Or if you just want to go full carb town, she's got that too. But, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say overall, if I have to pick someone, I'm going to, I'm going to say Terry Turner, no crumbs left. Cool. There it is. There it is. Me. I, I I just, I wasn't sure if you're going to turn it on me. I don't know anything. About chefs, I just eat food. Yeah, um, I was going to. I, yeah, I, I figure you're going to say the person that invented crumble cookies. Well, I, I have more class than that. Okay, I am. I'm a real glutton. Crumble. I mean, it's just it's easy. It's convenient. But I, I can't wait. Like once I uh, once I go full send, I'm gonna I'm gonna just order from all these different things that are popping up on my algorithm. Every little cookie company, because you know you have to support small businesses. But. Um, I'll probably go Paula Dean just because how much butter and just like oh, just like everything she makes. Just see, I boy. thought I thought your favorite chef was going to be the person that comes up with the flavors for the Redcon One supplements. Lincoln Bio, <laughs> swipe up, yeah, swipe no. up. Listen, uh, I I just can't wait. Even though, like you know, and a couple of other guys, I can't wait until the um, the raspberry cheesecake. Uh, MRE light drops because that was my idea. I've been pushing that on them for years and years and years, but I just can't wait because that, that's all their that's all their line was like missing. And you just ask the uh, the former almost five hundred pound athlete, and he's going to give you some good suggestions. So right. we'll see there if any of my other ideas hit. But and really though, if any if anyone is looking for that, and, and Poro didn't tell me to say this, but like Lincoln is bio, like appreciate it, appreciate it. So moving on. Question number three. Um, this one shies away from food, or it could involve food, but um, one place and experience at that place that is on your bucket list. That question. I, I think I could it be? Could it be like? Isn't there a Disneyland in Japan or something? Like yeah, that? I oh. mean, like honestly, part of me was thinking that, like, and the experience, you know, is. Um, 
you know, there's there's a couple rides there that are very unique. Um, I it's but I also would like um, I would real I would love um, and because I was supposed to do this in 2020, like I was planning this before the world took a shit. Um, mm. I would love to um, tour Ireland and stay in a castle because um, okay. you can rent them like Airbnbs. And I would love to. Well, you could back then. Who mm. knows what you can do now? But I, I would, I would. That's the place I still want to get to. Cool, cool, yeah. Going back to your roots, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I would say honestly, kind of almost the same, but um, I'm gonna go kind of go like two ways. Like um, my my grandparents have a very different opinion and um, insight on like going back to Cuba just because they had to escape because of communism. Um, but I think it'd be cool to go back there and see where my mom and my grandparents, you know, grew up and all that. But more, more like bucket list type deals. I just want to like, not, there's, there's a lot to do inside the United States and I want to hit every single, um, national park. That's like my bucket list experience, like hiking, just traveling, just going and see it. That's, that's, you got to get yourself an RV and tour. Yeah. I mean, when I went to go see Spencer, we, we drove to the, we drove through one of them. Um, so I don't know if that really counts. I don't, I wouldn't count it. So I, I definitely want to go back out to Washington, but yeah, just national parks nice. and just see, see our beautiful country. All right. Numero cuatro, number four for you people who don't, I don't really speak that much Spanish either, but if you could bring back one person and have just one conversation, who would it be and what would you guys talk about? Mm. It's tough. Well, because I feel like every time you, you ask someone a question like this, like it's always, you know, a family member. And I, I think, of mm-hmm. course, you know, your, your head's going to go there. But then I'm like, is that is that kind of that's kind of copping out in a way, you know, mm-hmm. because everyone listening doesn't really get a sense of, of kind of purpose yeah. behind the conversation. Um, yeah, so you can go, go celebrity. Yeah. Oh, you know, like I'm trying to, well, I, yeah. and again, I know my aunt, what my answer is going to be. And it's going to be like, people are either going to groan or just assume that this is what I was going to say, but I would probably bring back Walt. I would probably bring back Walt Disney and I would want to talk to him. Uh, ba- just basically talk to him about creativity, like creating the creative process. Cause I think he had a, he had a brilliant mind for that. You know, just the things that he encouraged his imagineering staff to do and the way he encouraged them to approach things. And, you know, it was plan every project without a budget first, and then we'll worry about the money after like his ability to kind of unlock that. in people is something that I'll, I'll admire for a long time, even when reputations get tarnished or people don't like different things they put out or whatever, you know, he's not there anymore putting this stuff out. So, um, I would bring back Walt Disney. And I'm sure he would appreciate coming back and being able to see what his, what his company has taken over literally the world. Mm. 100%. Um, what about you? I didn't, uh, turn, I didn't turn the questions on everyone else. So I'm just doing this. Ooh, I want you to know that ooh, special, special. Um, 
Man. Um, I don't know, because it's something that you know personally. is like I, I still have the majority. Um, I've lost some, like, I've lost, you know, there's some family that has passed away, but, like, I haven't really lost any, like, close family. Um, but I think, like, I had such a connection to uh, Lincoln Park just, like, growing up, and I would just want to bring back, like, Chester Bennington and just, like, talk to him and just, you know, try and, I mean, I know I wouldn't have been able to do it, but just, like, you know, if you listen to, like, his lyrics and his music, he was writing his own suicide note, in a sense, you know, so just, just try and understand him. You know, I'm sure there's other people who were trying to, but it's just such a, it's just crazy. I mean, he was a, he was a beautiful soul and just, like, his, you know, lyricist, his voice, so, I don't know, just, just talk to, talk to that cool guy. No, I can dig it. What's next? And, we got one more. Oh, this is this is the uh, this is the best one. Final question. Are you ready for this one? I don't know if you are. I'll do my best. Michael Gorman, what is your opinion on Crocs? Um. <clears throat> well, in a previous recording, I had to give an opinion on someone's hair. So now we're talking about Crocs. <laughs> um, I think you. Know, Personally, I, I probably wouldn't wear them. I have really weird, sensitive feet. And I mean, if I if I tried them on and they were comfortable, but my problem is I don't ever not wear socks. Like, mm. I need oh, to have I... socks on. So I could do Crocs and socks and Crocs. Um, oh, yeah. That's, a, oh, that's the I, best way to do it. You know, you know that I believe that every person should wear whatever the hell they want to have on their feet. And if it's comfortable, wear it. I don't care if it seems like it fits the occasion. I don't care if someone else judges it. You know, I don't think anyone that would judge it is actually going to listen to this, so I'm not that worried. <laughs> um, but you never know. Um, but I, I, you know, you like them, you like them. You know, do I think that everyone needs to get like weird little attachments for them and decorations? No, <laughs> maybe for your kids. Like, but you know, it's it's like it's like adults. Adults collecting Pokemon cards, you know, enjoy yourself. It's just not something I love or understand. I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, I think, hey, if they they fit your feet, you know, I spent a fair amount of my life only buying this. Uh, every shoe I bought was only because it would fit, you know, yeah. with the odd shape of my giant feet. Like, mm. so if you if you're someone that struggles with footwear and that's what fits and that's what's comfortable, Stay do it. it. You know, you'll be fine. I mean, I don't know if they're great for like winters in Montana because I feel like they're a little ventilated. But well, they have you know. some with fur. They have some that have fur inside of them. So you, know, you never the, know. What's that saying? Like, you you live long enough to see man-made horrors. Like that, that's <laughs> that's that's the path. I think that's going down. So cool. my <laughs> my Your opinion. You you know my opinion, Crocs. Um, Every no, child should have a pair. <laughs> Same deal. No, I just, um, I just been. Uh, I used to spend so much money on sneakers, and now they're just, they're comfortable, they're practical, and David hates them, so I like, I like wearing them around him all the time. Um, but no, yeah, they're 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 functional. Uh, nurses wear them, and they work long shifts, just standing. Um, and I, I never. 
I never uh, put my foot into a croc without wearing protection. So I always wear socks when I wear crocs, so that shouldn't be a problem. And, and maybe, maybe I'll just, uh, I don't know if, well, it's not been announced, but I am finally, after years and years, going to meet Mr. Michael Gorman in August in Orlando. I might have to just bring you a pair, and we could croc it out. We'll see what happens. I'm not making any promises. <laughs> <laughs> Making no problem about that. I know they're I know they're gonna be red because that's your favorite shoe color, so they're gonna be red. Well there you go. There you go. I don't know how I feel about that either, but <laughs> we'll take that offline. We are though, we are gonna continue this conversation. Um every person that's interviewing me on this episode is gonna spend some time on the Patreon after show so we can catch up on what's going on in their lives beyond what they're doing, what they're putting on their feet. So Alex, I just want to say a big thank you again for not just being a part of the show, but for being a part of my life. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you too, man. And now it's time for us to say goodbye. So say goodbye to everybody. Um, everybody. I don't know when you're listening to this, what day, what time, but go and uh, smile, lift some weights, and uh, eat some food and just breathe. Be happy. Live your life. There you go. Okay, and now we're sitting down with another interviewer who has been an interviewee on this show several times. It is Jonathan Shane, a.k.a. The Keto Road. John, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. It is, I, I, it's fun. It's been fun because I'm recording these mini interviews, you know, over the course of a couple weeks. So today, I, I had one the other day. It was like warm and sunny and hot while I was doing it. And today here in San Diego, it is frigid and damp and nasty. And so it's what, like, it's crazy. What do you consider frigid? Um, well, it's 50 and oh, oh. wet. And it means it's also um, probably in the high 40s inside. So okay, it's kind of cold. Oh, nice, it's a little chilly. Nice. A little chilly. But anyway, that's not, we're not here to talk about the weather. I am excited to have you be a part of this special uh, birthday episode of the show. So John and I are going to get into John's questions for me, and then he and I will actually jump over to the Patreon after show. So one of your 500th reminders this episode that if you're not on the Patreon, you should be because you're going to catch um, a lot more bonus content on there. So anyway, John, I will turn it over to you. Absolutely, man. So... Okay, so I was thinking about things I wanted to ask you for this, um, and the one that really came, like, pressed on me the most was, you know, we've talked deeply about your story and your um, journey to health and the health scares you've had and the death scares you've had. What is it like now knowing you're about to approach 50 and and you have continued on in life far longer than at one point you thought you were going to. What's that like for you? Uh, I mean, you you want to say, <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you want to initially jump to the, oh, it's awesome and this is great and everything's wonderful. But I, I think also like, it's also like, anxiety. it drives anxiety. Like mm -hmm. just the fact that I live for so long not thinking that I would live this long that I feel like there's a lot of things in my life that should be in place right now that aren't or things that I want to accomplish that I haven't, you know, like it's mm. easy to go down that path of like, you know, get stuck in regret and those things. And, you know, so 
it's best to focus on, you know, what are the positive things, you know, and the positive things are, you know, that I'm still here and that I'm still fighting and, you know, I'm still a part of all this and who knows what 50 really, what does 50 really mean? You know, it's, it's a number, but I, I think it goes back, you know, it goes back to like what you, when you, when you talk to people about, you know, uh, you know, not, not to segue into coach town with us, but like when you talk to people on a weight loss journey and they're frustrated with the scale or they don't like the scale or like they're just, have, they're obsessed with it. It's like saying, take the number out of the equation and, and look at how you're performing and how you're feeling and how, how are you moving through the world? And I think for me, it's acknowledging that 50 is a milestone, but that it's just another rotation of the planet. You know, like it's just, it's not, um, it's not an end all be all, you know, a year isn't a death sentence or anything like that anymore. Like it's just another year to keep, keep growing and keep seeing, you know, what, what, what life brings and what I bring to life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and kind of leading, that kind of leads into my next question. I have two, they're kind of the, they're kind of similar questions, but they're not the same. So the first one is like, in terms of like, cause obviously this whole thing is about your health journey and how far you've come. Like, what I know people see you like going to the gym. If you're not following him on Instagram, you should be. Um, what What are your current health goals? Like, what are, What are you trying? Like, where are you at right now in that? In terms of like approaching fifty, like, is there something on the horizon you're trying to achieve? Like, what Like, what's going on there? What What are Gormy's current goals here? Well, I think. Well, I, I think one you know that I've talked about on Instagram, you know, is I've I've got some weight that I've put on that I'd like to lose, um, which I think is something we all go through, you know, fluctuations. But part of that fluctuation, you know, has more to do with like, um, when you start to get comfortable with, you know, I'm, I know I'm doing what I should be doing. And are you really like that place of, you know, so for me, it's almost like going back to tracking food and kind of paying attention from that perspective, you know, can be, as someone that's worked on it for years can still be eye opening to come back and be like, okay, I was using more, you know, I was using way more olive oil on that than I thought, or I was doing this, you know, more than I thought, or, you know, where were, where were those choices? You know, what were the things that I was bringing in that I shouldn't have brought in, like reinforcing the lessons that you already know and putting in place the pieces uh, that you already know are there. Um, and like with the gym, like in another thing I I've kind of talked about on this show a little bit is like, end of last year, beginning of this year, it was like back to back injuries, like my back, my leg, burning my hands, like just going through this place of like, okay, what's coming next? Like, what are these things? So, so many disruptions to routine, because there were just things that I physically couldn't do. So getting back into that place of being comfortable with the things that I physically can do, and you know, being happy doing them and in that regular routine. And obviously, it's always about going stronger. Like I think I had an epiphany, you know, of sorts at the, at the gym this week where I was, or, you know, I, it's, I think especially when you work alone, you know, when you're, when your workouts are alone in the gym, you know, you feel like you're pushing yourself, but I think also there can be that mental barrier, like where it's like, mm. okay, those are the heaviest dumbbells I can pick up. I couldn't pick up anything heavier than that. So for even just this past week and a half, Every time I've approached an exercise, you know, exercises I've done before and I have, you know, records of what amounts I'm lifting and how many reps and things along those lines, I've been in that place of, okay, well, let me see what happens if I go, you know, 10 pounds heavier, 15 pounds heavier, 20 pounds heavier. Like, let me see what I'm, po what I'm capable of. Because I think mm. sometimes it's really easy to have a fixed notion of what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. And 
it's it's not really what it is. Like that idea of progression is there, but sometimes I think we we count ourselves out. Like especially when you're someone that struggles to feel stronger. Like you just assume, okay, this is where I'm at and I need to stay here for a few weeks. And it's like, well, is that where I should have started? Like, what should this feel like? You know, and get just getting back into that groove of, of, of pushing myself a little bit more in terms of being like, okay, I can, I'm capable of more than I'm giving myself credit for. So let's see what happens. You know, and obviously not going to push yourself for an injury or, you know, get under a bar that you're not able to move and then pick it up without someone spotting you, that sort of thing. But just that idea of saying, okay, am I, was I working out at a place where I was comfortable? And if I'm working at a place where I'm comfortable, is that really going to help me to grow? Or do I need to, you know, get back into that place of being uncomfortable? I love that. I love that. I, okay. So it actually, I like that so much. It made me change one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So with where your, where your goals are now, looking back on like when you first started your weight loss journey, when you first started your health journey, like when you first started keto mm-hmm. compared to now and just like, obviously like not starting where you started both physically and mentally, but looking at like, again, the goals that you have now for like your mental health, your physical health, what, what are the big glaring differences of like what you have now, like the tools that you've developed and utilized now versus back then? Like what's the, what's the big contrasting differences for you now? Well, I, I, I mean, on, on the physical side, especially approach to food, like I know my body, I know what mm. my body's going to respond to in terms of like, if, if, you know, diving into like macro percentages, like I know for me, you know, what level of, of a fat percentage and what level of a protein percentage and carb level, you know, allows me, you know, the mental freedom, you know, from food obsession and pieces along those lines and hunger and um, energy and like how my body best functions, you know, existing in that space. I think, and this is something that I see repeated when you see new people kind of join the, the keto social social media space. And I speak, you know, and I know it probably happens in every it happens in every under every diet, every way of eating, every lifestyle, you know, all of these things. But I feel like one of the biggest changes is like I feel free from the dogma of it all and more about like the practical application where you know, I look at like when I first started keto, like one of the one of the very early, you know, early on, you know, texts I read was like, you know, Jason Fung's the obesity code. And in Fung's obesity code Insulin is the primary reason, you know, eating sugar is the primary reason that every person on the planet is obese, you know, in his, in his theory. And that if you take away sugar, it's not possible to get fat. And, you know, I know I'm really kind of simplifying that, but I think there are still people pushing that, you know, the idea that all of these foods are, you know, that if you eat fruit, you're going to die. If you eat too many vegetables, you're going to, your, your insulin is going to spike. If you eat too much meat, you're going to put on fat. Like, understanding that sometimes the because we as a people we so much as human beings especially when you struggle with a weight issue you want there to be one answer that to the question of what what do i need to fix to change this and seeing you know big brash slogans or big ideas you know the people out there screaming like all you need to do is you know sh- take your eating from you know from however you're eating right now and shrink it down to an eight hour eating window and the weight is going to fall off or, you know, you're eating, you know, ex- you take grains out of your diet and the weight's going to fall. It's like, no, like 
you have to, as a person, be willing to go through an individual experiment to find what's going to work best for your body. And I think a lot of times the dogma comes from that place of being ideal and not about being in the real world, not about existing in a day-to-day world. Like, you know, I had a little Insta rant last week about the people that say, you know, it's great, you know, that you're keto or you're paleo, but if you're not using, you know, um, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, and you're not using pasture-raised pork, and your eggs aren't pasture-raised, and your dairy isn't raw organic, then you're still dying. You're still killing yourself with food. Like, so, you know, if you can only afford to get four ounces of grass-fed meat a week, you should only eat four ounces of meat a week. And it's like, well, no, the person who doesn't have the money to pay $25 a pound for beef and is looking for sales and looking for that $3.99 chuck roast you know, or that five ninety nine sirloin, like that's okay. It's about doing what you, you know, doing the best for yourself and making big changes and moving the big blocks and then worrying about kind of funnel focusing on things when you can and when you have the resources and the capability. You know, I had a, I had a discussion with a client this week who finally for themselves realized, okay, I need to meal prep, but I don't have time to meal prep. You know, being an active parent, working a full-time job, taking care of all the extracurriculars and all of those things, if I get a meal prep service involved in my life, it is going to free me up to be able to focus on exercise and time for other things. And while some people will hear that and be like, well, that's ridiculous. You know, you take an hour on, you know, Sunday and you just cook up 10 pounds of ground beef and you're set for the week. It's finding what works right for you to make the, the, the lifestyle changes that you need to make sustainable. So I think for me, a big part of that is just pulling away from, and again, you know, I, I, I use the word dogma, but I think pulling away from saying there is one answer for every person and that there's one, you know, and worrying more about what the answers are for me and allowing those answers to be nuanced and understand that, what's the best way to phrase this? Like, understand that progress and compliance and all of those things don't exist in a world where perfection is the goal. And when you continue to strive for perfection, you end up in that place of just discounting the things that you are doing because you're, you're focused more on the things that aren't perfect. And being able to, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is being able to say, there are times where I'm not perfect and that's okay. And that doesn't take away anything that I've done. And it doesn't take away anything that I'm going to do. It's allowing yourself to say, you know, it's the big thing I've talked about, you know, for a while now over the past, probably say year, year, two years, I don't think there's on track and off track. Like, I think that's, that's a mindset that ends up hurting us because when we feel like we're off track, it enables us to stay in that off track place because I'm going to get back on track eventually. So if I'm going to get back on track Monday, I still have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to be quote unquote off track. And also you punish yourself. Like instead of getting in that mindset of, you know, I'm in one place, you know, it's the same thing when people talk about, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the rah, rah motivator saying, you know, every day you got to get up and kill your clone. You know, you got to kill your old self. It's you're the, I I'd rather have people look at themselves as the same person who has learned, grown and developed. And I see that, you know, I'm the same person I was six years ago and the same person I was 10 years ago. I just have more experience and knowledge now. And by doing that, I also then don't become cocky about those previous behaviors that still exist. 
that are still there and can still, you know, those are well-worn grooves in our brains. Like I can fall victim to those things if I'm not conscious of them. And saying that I've killed that person to me just comes off more, you know, in the end, it becomes a, a place of arrogance where a person can fall from instead of just being in that place of acknowledging, yes, those are the things I did and the choices I made. These are the things I'm doing and the choices I'm making now. Nice. I like it. Solid. Solid development. That was a good answer. That was good. Um, okay. So then my my first and the final two questions is, okay, so outside of where you're at now, all right, so you're turning half a century. Really, that's what it is. You're half mm -hmm. a century old. Congratulations. Um, what is your, like, if, if you could, like, set a theme, a tone for the second half of the century of your life what are what impact are you trying to leave what, what are you trying to do with it this is good i mean this might sound simple or or cliche but my i feel like my personal purpose for myself and for the people that i try to influence for lack of a better word um is to live with intention, to make sure that everything I'm doing has an intention, that things have purpose and not allowing things just to exist. So to have, make decisions with purpose on a micro level and on a macroscopic level, you know, on a big, big picture, small picture. And part of that means understanding what your intentions are. And part of it also means defining those intentions and, you know, working through all of that, but understanding that instead of allowing circumstances to dictate the choices that I make, um, feeling empowered to make those decisions with my personal intention. Nice intention. That's a great theme. Okay. Final question. This is probably the most serious one of them all. Are, is there a chance that we're going to see the beard go away? Never. Oh, rats. Never, never. <laughs> never. I know you have to you you have to remove yours occasionally because it gets to be too much for your wife. But I don't have that quote unquote problem, um, mm. so no, it won't. I'm good for you. I enjoy it good too for much. You. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the funny thing That's is it. now you're the also the second people have probably heard already in, in this. Depending on the order I put these interviews together, you're the second person to talk about hair um, as their final question. Because we need to see something new. It's like a new mic. It's it's the it's no. the turn of a half century. Like I want to see, I want to see, a, I want to see the goatee again. Where's the goatee? No, not anytime soon. Okay. No plans. <laughs> no plans on the docket okay. for that. But is that all? Yeah, we're, we're done. Yeah. That's five. That's it. Okay. Those are five. Cool. Well, thank you so much, John, for putting your 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 thought and attention into this. Um, I appreciate it and your time. And I'm glad that you could be a part of this episode. I really enjoyed those questions. Absolutely, brother. Yep, I was happy to be here. And happy birthday. Thank you, man. John and I are wrapped up. We're going to head on over to the Patreon. So again, make sure you're signed up so you can hear that conversation continue. Okay, y'all. We have another returning guest here to give me their questions. Uh, this one is a name you may recognize if you have been listening to the show for a while. He's been on quite a few times. It is John Arpino, a.k.a. J.R.P.'s Journey. John, how you doing? Hey, pal. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad that you're here, man. I'm excited you're willing to be a part of this and we could make it happen. Um, I know Anything I, for you, Gorby. It was a, 
it was short notice in the world of of you know all everyone's busy lives you know so we took us you know we got it together though so we're here we're doing it i'm glad and yeah um, man. i i could ramble but i'm not gonna because i probably they're already used to me rambling on this show as as it is so <laughs> i will i will turn it over to you for your five questions man well, let me ask you a question before I hit you with these five. How outlandish and left field have has everyone else has been? Um, it's been people have like a mix of like serious questions, and then everyone at least has like at least one um, zinger. Several. Yeah. Oh no, mine mine are probably all going to be outlandish and yeah. have nothing to do with fitness or anything. Wait, there you go. I mean, that's what it's about. It's it's five questions you wanted to ask me. It's. You get to pick what they are. I don't get to control it. I don't, I don't get to do this. All right. You know, I had, so two, let's get I had two, then, people get, two people already got me close to crying. So, you know, it's, I'm, use, I, I'm ready for some, some zingers I don't expect. All right. We're going we're gonna to start off nice and easy. Okay. Then. Um, favorite Star Wars character? You can't pick Obi, you can't pick Vader, and you can't pick Luke. I don't like anyone else. Um mm. Favorite Star Wars character out of and can't pick one of those three. I, it's well, I feel like there's a fourth, you know, that I would that would be up there, you know, that I'm going to automatically go to. I'm probably uh, Han Solo is probably who I'm going to mm, go with. I should have taken him off the table. As yeah, well. I feel like I feel like he was even leaving Han and Leia on the because I if if Han was off, I'd go right to Leia. Uh, right, and then after Leia, oh. I don't. Do, there was an Ewok that was pretty good, I guess. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it's the fact I brought up though. I, you know, I also, I mean, Jabba, you know, should at least get a mention. No one's, no one's ever put Jabba as their favorite fat guy in the Fat Guy Five on the main podcast. So I, I am disappointed really? by that. Yeah, no one, no one's ever done that. Wow, I haven't even had anyone pick Porkins, and Porkins would, you know, would probably be up there on my list. So yeah, wow. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna I'm go disappointed. I'm, I'm going to go with Porkins over Han Solo just because it's he's like one of the only fat humanoids in the Star Wars movies and they named him Porkins. Mm -hmm. Like was it like I was was Fatty Bumbalati taken like <laughs> I, is that like that's a character in another like in in who runs another bar somewhere or something that, that's, like That's that's Star Wars Legends it's Yeah, like, like I mean I I yeah, that's that's where that's where we're gonna go with that. All right, okay, all right. Let, um, let me turn it around for a second. What about you? Oh, uh, so I'm gonna take Han off the table and Leia off the table for me too, right? Oh yeah. Um, it's a toss up between Ahsoka Tano and Ezra Bridgers. See, you're all, sure. you're, you're all, these are all people in the side quests that I don't really know that much about until now. You gotta get on so, it, bud. Gotta get on it. You know. At the very so least, I, I know Ahsoka's got her own show coming, so I guess I'll probably and, catch and up on her. And Ezra's gonna be on it as well. You should watch Rebels. I know it's a cartoon, but it's so good. I'll, I'll, I'll take that under consideration. I haven't yeah, even watched, I haven't even watched Andor yet or this season of The Mandalorian. I'm behind. You're really going to enjoy Mandor. I mean, Mandor, listen to me, Andor. <laughs> Mandor sounds like a whole different show. 
a whole but. different whole different ball game. But no, I, I mean, just because I know your taste and how mm-hmm. you kind of digest things the way I do, I feel like you'll definitely fall in love with Andor. Well, I'll definitely have to let you know once I get into it. I already have, I've, there's already, Miles, who's been on this show a few times, um, messages me weekly and is like, have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet? And I'm like, I haven't. And he's like, you have to watch this damn show. So you I'll do. get to it. I'll get to it. Maybe over my birthday weekend, I'll have time. I think, I think you should make that a goal personally. Um, all right. Next question. Um, is soup a meal? I think it is. I think you're wrong. I think any, I think anything you eat can be a meal. No, soup is definitely eat not enough of it. a meal it by be, itself. I, there are some soups out there that are like thousands of calories per bowl. I think they can be a meal. All right. Calories don't exist. Is soup a meal? Yeah. Right. Cal- I'm going to have to fight you on that one. Calories do exist. I, no, I, yeah, of course. I have soup as a meal all the time. I think it's, I think it's fine. Broth is very filling. You're showing, you're showing your age. I think it's fine. A nice, a nice, a nice bowl of cream of Campbell's cream <coughs> of mushroom soup, cup of hot, a cup of hot tea, and then you're off. You know, you're in bed by five thirty. Hmm. I like that. All right. Fatal four way: Doomsday, Thanos, Kalal, and uh, Red Hulk. Who wins? Oh, Superman's going to win. Just by default, he has he has truth and justice on his side. He's he'll figure out a way to win, even if he gets his ass kicked in, initially. He'll figure out a way to win. I would like to see Red Hulk versus Red Hulk, Thanos. He's I was going to say Red Hulk's going out fast. Yeah, he's going out fast. Thanos, eh, I mean, what does he got? I mean, does he have the gauntlet? If he doesn't have the gauntlet, he's strong, powerful, but. Depending on which movie you're watching, he doesn't get that much behind him. That's true. You're right. You're absolutely right. But I'm a so Superman guy. The... I'm a Superman guy. No, you I gotta, are. I gotta, you, I gotta, are. I have, you are through I have, and through. I have, a, I have a tattoo on my body that has, has Superman's crest in it, so I'm, I'm going to stand behind Superman. Hmm. It doesn't count as a question, but do you believe that the crest is an S or is it a snake? Uh, it's an S. Okay, but I've always thought that too, but I've gotten a, into an argument where it's not an S. Well, that person is is not bright, but it's also they also did the whole thing where it's like the Kryptonian symbol for hope. It's the crest yeah, of the House like of that. L. No, it's an S. Yeah. It was an S. They, it's an S. He he was created at a time where things were very simple. You know, Superman was super. You know, there was Green Arrow shot Green Arrows. You know, Batman looked like a bat. Like Spider Man was a Spider Man. Like, hey, you, I get it, pal. You didn't have to have like fancy names or anything. It was like, what is what, is, what does that person look like? Oh, he looks like a wolf, and he's a man. <laughs> we'll call him the Wolf Man. Like, mm-hmm. it was a simpler time. Simplicity never dies, in my opinion. Um, I believe we're up to question four. So for for question four, I want to dive a little deeper. Um, what has been the most impactful moment on the Fat Guy Forum? Mm. That's a good question. No one's really, and it's funny because no one has, you know, you're the you're the final recording, whether you're the final la- you're the final person or not, in the in the order, and really, no one has really asked about the podcast. Um, I mean, the, obviously, I think the most impactful moment for me was probably because I want to I want to be cheesy and say the first episode because it took me so long to get the first episode out. You know, like I 
I doubted myself and did all, you know, so getting a first episode out, you know, was a big deal. But I think if you look statistically, it's like this massive percentage of, of podcasts never go beyond the first episode. So, so you did a first episode. Great. But I think it's the fact that you keep showing up. So I, I think the most impactful, impactful moment besides, you know, individ, hearing individual stories, you know, and the ones that probably have really inf- impacted me and I've gotten the most like reaction from them and things along those lines, probably hitting the first, you know, having a, hitting the first year of being consistent with it. You know, that first year, I think I ended up with over 60 episodes. So, uh, yeah, because there was that there was a period of time where it was like two episodes a week. Um, yeah. So I'm going to uh, making it to making it to the first year is probably the most impactful moment on the show. You know, this summer we're coming up on the fourth anniversary. So it's continued from there. I can't believe it's been that long already. Mm-hmm. Do I still hold the record? That's not a question, but. I think you do for right, and well, including now, you're gonna, you know, you're back on, so that bumps oh, you yes. up. I think Poro, who was also on this episode, is close, but hmm. you know, and then there's Anthony who wants to be on top, but he's close. Yeah, well, he's know. close as well. Yeah, well, I'm the one booking here, right. um, which brings me to the fifth and final question: You're trapped on an island. The only people that you're trapped with is myself. Anthony, Poro, and Keto D. Mm-hmm. Why are we sacrificing Keto D first? Um, we don't want to starve. And, <laughs> you know, I think from, he's probably got the, he's got a fair amount of protein on him. So I'm thinking oh, that. Sure. Um, plus also, we the rest of us probably have Crocs on and he's probably upset about it. So I just, <laughs> the whining, I, you know, that would, that would be another reason. For sure. I, I, you know, I have to agree. Um, my other cases would be we need Anthony for the entertainment mm-hmm. because we have nothing. Um, Poro, for reasons that are pretty obvious, he'll just get us off the island, I feel like. Whether we use him as a raft or whatever, he's getting us off the island. Um, you're the wisdom. And, well, I just boss everybody around, so mm. nobody's, nobody's taking me out. Understood. Understood. Yeah, I mean, I, I can honestly say... That's a nightmare scenario to be trapped on the, on an island with the four of you. Like, oh, it's terrible. I'm no, I'm not sure. Like, especially once there's no signal to the phones. Like, oh, it's over. It's it's Lord of the Flies. He, pig heads on stakes. There's fires. There's oh, a lot yeah, going who, on. Who who cracks first? Who cracks first? Mm, yeah, probably probably Anthony because he's <laughs> he's got. If, if he doesn't get a certain percentage, you know, a certain amount of episodes of Gilmore Girls and, and Beverly Hills 90210s in every week, he'll crack. Probably yeah. in, an, in an ultra-violent way. But yeah. I, I would put, I, I think he would go first. I, I a thousand percent think that he's definitely cracking first. And then followed by, I think me and, and Poro might be tied for second. I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like Keto D could crack pretty would, would crack pretty quickly. Although I feel like he would not want to be the second one to crack. So mm-hmm. I think, I, I think that would get, you know, that he's got some fight in him. So I think he would fight. I, I think pride and ego may take him to the bitter end. I think so. I think so. And I do need to let well, you know Mike, that was all that five. Anthony's final question had to do with you. So oh, did it? now, you know, you're going to have to listen to this episode to hear where that went. Cause it went somewhere like, 
I got him crack- I, I got him cracking up. So I don't think he expected me to have as fast or as quick, you know, as witted, quick witted of a response as I did to his question. You were quick with the draw, huh? I'm not going to tell you what it was because I'm now this is making you have to listen to the episode. Okay. But you, yeah, yeah. And you may not be happy with either of us once you hear it. I'm not happy with either of you probably 90% of right. the year. So what are you going to, you know, nothing will change. Nothing will change. Don't yeah, worry about it. It'll be all right. It'll be it'll fine. Be fine. It'll be good. So you got to your five. Did you have any honorable mentions left? Any questions you were, I'm not saying I'm going to answer them, but did you have any questions that were, were fighting for the, the fifth spot? Yeah. Um, number one place to get a hero in Rhode Island. Mm. Um, number one Batman comic book storyline. Mm. And um, I also wanted to know what your Jedi name would be. See that I don't. I don't even. I. I wouldn't even know. Yeah. Or droid name. I had Jedi slash droid. Mm. Well, maybe we'll discuss that in the in the Patreon after show. That mm. you were gonna, you were sounds gonna, like a teaser. You were going to join me on so. John, I want to say a big thank you for all of the times that you've been on the show, but coming on for my birthday, I, I appreciate being a part of this celebration and uh, putting some thought into those questions. They were definitely not the questions I expected in a great way. Yeah. So Good. Uh, it's always fun to talk to you and um, just a big thank you, man. Gourmet, I love you, buddy. Um, and I love the Fat Guy Forum. I think you have to be the first platform really to give me an opportunity to speak and, and share my story and you've invited me back so many times so um you know hats off to you you have inspired and and helped so many so many guys out there whether you know it or not so i hope that this this 90th birthday that you're about to celebrate is is a is a happy one and a healthy one and um you know i i just hope your social security benefits hit when they need to hit um if only that were happening i would <laughs> That would make me very happy. And I did catch the 90th crack, but I figured I'd let you have your moment. Thanks, Ben. There you go, y'all. That was John Arpino. Uh, make sure you look in the show notes. Some of the episodes he's been on are going to be in there. Can I list them all? I don't know if I'm giving that many characters for a show note, but at least his first <laughs> appearance will be down there. And like I said, join us on the Patreon after show. And there you have it. All five reverse interviews. I am incredibly thankful to Chance, Anthony, John, John, John J-O-N, John J-O-H-N, and to Poro for their time, their thoughts, their energy, what they put in uh, to this episode, and also all that they have given me in my life. So I was just really excited to bring them back and have them be a part of this celebration. Now, like I said, this is just part one. Part two is going to be a Q&A episode so watch for a Q&A box on my Instagram over the next week. That's Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram. And I will give you the opportunity to ask your questions. Nothing off, off limits, nothing, you know, all, I don't know, what am I saying? Ask whatever questions you want to ask. They can be about the show. They can be about me. They can be about the things that I do or things that you're interested in. Hey, whatever it is, be sure to be a part of that because I'm excited to bring that one there. And I'll dive into some of my thoughts on turning 50 in that episode because it will have happened when I record that one. So, my friends, thank you so much for being a part of this journey that continues on for me. I am really excited that you're here. Special shouts to everyone who is in the Patreon. 
You help keep this show going. If you're not a part of the Patreon, like I said 500 times during this episode, now is the time to join so you can hear all the after interviews as well. So hey, connect with me in the show notes. All that stuff will be there. Also in the show notes are going to be links to all five of these guests' first appearance on the show. Most of them have been on more than once, but let's let's go back to where it starts for them. So, there you have it. Thank you so much as always. You are the most amazing people I know, so I hope that you've gone out there and done something to amaze yourselves today. And then you're going to catch me next week for part two of this very special 50th birthday celebration.